Pat has to clap. Welcome to the pack, though. <laughs> no, we're not going to use Pat has to clap. <laughs> Mike was fine with it. I was fine. He's like, yeah, that's cool, right? You have, the, you have the clap, I guess. I don't know. If I said Alex Pat said likes back. to clap, will you say no? <laughs> you yeah. see, like, the answer could have went two ways. The Incredible Hawk is green. Welcome to the fact off. That's not actually true, because sometimes he's gray. Okay, I'll give a different fact. <laughs> These are terrible. These are getting worse and worse. A dice has six sides. Welcome to the fact That's not off. true. A dice? Well, so, okay, okay, buddy. A standard, a standard dice has six sides. Oh, God. <laughs> a standard dice has six sides. A triangle has three sides. <laughs> I think you've already done that one. Oh, what's wrong with the dice one? Because there's a million different types of die. The sun is bright. Welcome to the fact off. <laughs> Welcome to the fact off. Your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the fact off. This is the Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we each bring you a random and exterior fact, and you, the listeners, can decide the winner. I'm your host, as always, Alex, as with me is the Jerk Day Man, Pat. He's being a jerk today. Jerk Day Man. <laughs> yeah. That's me, everyone. <laughs> yeah, being a jerk with my opening facts. I had some good ones, and Pat didn't let me use them. None of them were actual facts. So. They were good. You didn't miss anything, everyone. You're welcome, in fact. You're the protector. Wait, who's that? Who's that? I did not introduce you yet. Cucumber Boy, Flame Boy, Captain Sands, the Hot Steam Machine, the Hot Skin Machine, Mike. The Honorable Mike. <laughs> Why did, I don't even want to respond to any of this anymore. You love Eventually, the, hot the whole skin show machine. is just going to be Hi, here are all the nicknames for Mike. Thank you for listening. Alex unrolls a scroll yeah. and just reads from the scroll. Like, hear ye, hear ye. When you die, I want to have them all put on your tombstone. And you have yet to use them outside of this podcast, so I don't think they're a nickname. I use them all the time. I just never see you in real life, so I'm just calling random yeah. people hot the other day, machines. I, the other day, I called you the hot skin machine. What was, was this? When you were at that playground with all the kids running around. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, watch out for the hot skin machine. Yeah, the cops came and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. Um, so as I said earlier, you get to vote to win. Mike, who won last week? You get to vote to win. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to give you a little hint. Our fans love cheese. <gasps> they love cheese a lot because you were knocking it because you said Mike brings in too many cheese facts. But guess what? Cheese wins, boys. Cheese wins. <sighs> yeah. I have to. I had a response from a listener about your fact, Mike. My, we said none of us has been to the White House. My wife wanted to let you know that she has been to the White House. Oh, so. and if congratulations! Any other other Jen. listeners have been to the White House. Let us. <laughs> Did know. she have yeah. cheese when she was there? So she was at the Andrew Jackson Cheese Major. I knew. I knew it. This whole it, time, it was the year she was born. <laughs> they carried her in. Yep. Uh, but yeah, 
I'm the victor. Uh, Smithsonian's gonna put their cheese fact in their annals of time. And how many cheese facts have you given? I, I, I think just two. That was my second one, and it it both had something to do with the government. So, um, am I just thinking of all your jokes? Yeah. Ooh. Boo. Your punk ass got owned. But yeah, but as the victor, as the winner, I get a victory fact. Correct. Yes. yes. All right. I think you well, don't know the game. Yeah, you're like you're like one of to just tell you how great you are. Well, I, I've got a victory fact fresh off the presses, boys. Better than fresh be off the presses. So as of today, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it could be last week. Who knows? Whenever um, they listen to it, it'll be today. It, it is, and I will never agree to this. But Oscar Meyer has retired the Wiener Mobile name. And they have renamed the vehicles the Frank Mobile. Boo! Don't like it. That's my fact, Mike. Is it my fact? Yeah, because I was so <laughs> mad about it. Yes, yes. So mad about it. Dude, yes. I, 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 I can change my victory fact. No, I have no. another one. No, it's Alex, fine. Did you see all the writing on that piece of paper? Yeah, Alex has a lot of something going. I, I'm not going to elaborate. I'm not going to elaborate. I'll let Alex elaborate on this because <laughs> that's I, great. First time. I know it's just like a publicity stunt. I don't like when they do that. It's the Wienermobile. The Frankmobile should be like a Frankenstein car. It drives around. Yeah, Frankenstein people. drives his own car called the Frankmobile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should have known you would be all over this Wienermobile thing. I'm all over the Wieners. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, well, I'll just let you go first. Uh, well, we have to get into <laughs> yeah. Pat's fun facts first. <laughs> yeah, Pat's oh, wow. Mike. Mike wins like two weeks in a row. He just changes the whole format of the show. Pat's fast, factacular. Fact, 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 factacular. Pat's fact, 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 factacular. Getting cut off by Mike. Yeah. I don't know if I want to give the facts anymore. One, no one's voting for me anymore. And two, Mike just doesn't even acknowledge I exist. Well, uh, you exist in my heart. Thank you. <laughs> All right. First fact from the random fact calendar. Uh, in 2005, the uh, a study was published that says you can't actually totally sink in quicksand. Really? Yeah, we're too buoyant. You can like the lowest you could go is your uh, waist, even if you're freaking out and stuff. Don't I have this as a fact back in the day? Or I, I think I plan to bring that in at some point. But no, don't try to make this a thing where we keep guessing each other's facts. I, yeah. I, I brought this up to my wife multiple times, and she, no matter how many times I like. Give her the evidence. She's like, she doesn't understand how quicksand wouldn't exist. She's like, it, there's no way this isn't true. It's quicksand will kill you. I, you got to be careful in real life. <laughs> I've seen it too many times in movies to be not scared of it. It's not a it's not a trope anymore. If you if you've noticed, there's not been quicksand in a movie in a long time. And notice how people say they haven't made good movies lately. It's true. I can't <laughs> wait for Tom Toretto to drive out of quicksand. Yeah. Uh, this one is for Alex. <gasps> That's me. Did you know that only 20% of Americans live more than a few hours from their parents by car? Really? I think I did know that. Yeah. In 2004, <laughs> this one's a long one, but it's very fun. I'm reading the whole thing. A rogue monkey began terrorizing residents in the city of Patiala in India's northern Punjab region. The monkey stole food from homes, ripped the buttons off people's shirts, threatened kids with bricks, and once even swiped someone's math textbooks and calculator. 
to keep the marauding jungle creature off the streets, Indian officials sentenced it to Monkey Jail, a now-defunct detainment center uh, in the area that was reserved for ill-behaving primates. Really? The monkey just wanted to learn math and look at bosoms. And I, like, threaten kids with bricks. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, you better not come over here, kid. Huh? Huh? Suck brick, he didn't kid. want the kids to steal his math books. I like he didn't hit the kids with bricks. He just like maybe probably point it with one hand and then point at the kid and then point at the brick, point at the kid again. And then he just what popping it? buttons off people's shirts to check was out it, what they got underneath. Was it the Beijing Olympics or the Brazil Olympics where they were having a monkey issue? So the issue was they hired bigger monkeys as security. That's not true. I'm, I think it's a hundred percent true. That can be true. <laughs> That's my fact for next don't, week. Don't look at it. You can't look it up. You have to bring this in next week if it is true. Uh, right. We don't care. Up until that point, we don't care. Yeah. Go on. Number four, don't get too annoyed by earwax. It's actually named Ceramin, and it serves a very important purpose of lining your ear and making it sh- making sure that no dirt, debris, or other foreign materials get too deep. I knew Ceramon was good for something. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, stop worshiping that guy. <laughs> All right, and finally, many generations ago when humans were hairier, goosebumps helped our ancestors' hair stand on end in order to make them appear larger in threatening situations. So you know how, like, these days when uh, you get, like, sort of scared or cold, you have goose uh, goosebumps? Yes. It's like our evolutionary tactic, like, when you're scared to, like, it's supposed to make your like seem. You're a trying bit to se- you're trying to sell this too hard. <laughs> I'm trying to explain it because I, I didn't understand. You just rephrased the fact again. Yeah, I'm trying to say like it's a like they say it's like how a cat puffs out its fur. And, like we used to puff out our fur. Mm. It's we have hair though, Pat. When we had more hair, we never That's had a, fur. I do like the puffer fish thing. Like a cat puffs a. F- <laughs> I do like you know the puffer. <laughs> Strike Mike's Wienermobile fact. He needs another. <laughs> um, I do like the pufferfish thing. I go when I blow up my cheeks real big and I act like I'm floating, and this usually scares stuff away. Yeah, like a pufferfish in my twenties, I gained a whole bunch of weight. <laughs> you were my, scared. My... <laughs> you were scared. Yeah, my goal was to give you a hard time with one of these facts. <laughs> um, I looked it Mission up. It was it was India for the Commonwealth Games. Oh. So you were wrong. Yeah, but they had more bigger monkeys than security. <laughs> I find it hilarious. Um, so, yeah, that was Pat's spectacular. You said that's your, like, uh, end of the show, so. Yeah. So, you can, uh, like, that's, rate and review us? That's Mike, all since, my hard work for the week. I'm out of here. <laughs> since Mike won, he gets to pick the order that we go. Mike, who do you want to go oh, first? It's shocker. Uh, Sink Peak, uh... Alex gets to talk about wieners for about five to ten minutes here. Not just we- minutes. Not really wieners, mostly about the wiener mobile. That's why, as Mike said earlier, Oscar Mayer is rebranding the wiener mobile as the Frank mobile. And it's because of the 100% all beef Franks. It's still going to be 27 foot long with, and weighs six tons of hot dogs. And it has a writing on it that says, Please don't lick. Hold on, it's, it weighs six tons of hot dogs? Yeah, that's what it's... Uh, no, I think it just meant a six-ton hot dog. I wrote my notes. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that didn't make so, any sense, sorry. But to be fair, my sentence isn't 
wrong because it does weigh six tons of hot dogs. Because <laughs> six, six tons, tons of hot worth dogs. of hot dogs. Yeah, that's fun. But and, they're using the same mobile. They're just renaming it and they, yeah. and adding some flourish. Can we I, rename the fact off to Mike interrupts for oft? <laughs> I'm taking, <laughs> you taking Mike's side now. I'm sorry. Mike, Mike gets sad. I apologize. And uh, drivers of the car will no longer be hot doggers. They'll be frankfurters. That actually, that's an improvement. Nope. I like the hot doggers. So how did we get the Wiener Mobile? Pretty simple. In 1936, Carl Meyer went to his uncle. He's like, hey, Uncle, uncle Oscar, I got an idea for you. What about a 13-foot metal hot dog on wheels to promote our hot dogs? Brilliant idea. Yeah. And his uncle's like, yeah, sounds good. So General Body Company of Chicago designed the first Wienermobile at an open cockpit and it traveled around the streets of Chicago and Illinois. It seems like brands just don't do that anymore. Like I don't know of any brands, modern brands at least, that make mascot cars. Yeah, they're all I'm trying sure to go. Just... They want to go viral. They go look at this person eating my cheese. Uh, our company has. I don't know what viral campaigns do nowadays. I don't know. What's um, happening? <laughs> in in the 1940s. Get him, Alex. Get him. You're doing like an old man podcast. These kids these days and their viral stuff, whatever viral means. I want my advertisements to be on full wheels, driving around, and overly big. Um, in the 1940s, the Oscar Mayer Mobile went away because of World War II and gas fashions. It makes sense. But in 1952, the Wiener came back. This time it was designed by Gerson Slager of Worcester, Ohio, and it was 20 foot long and had a new sound system. Oh, what did it sound like? It was like, hot dog. I don't know. Um, they do have a theme song. <laughs> I feel, yeah. It's Not yet. Time. Not yet. Not yet. Is that part of the fact? Yep. In 1958, a uh, designer named Brooke Stevens decided that they, made, they let him overdo the hot dog, the Wienermobile, and he added the bun to the Wienermobile. That was like his big constitution. Wait, got, so, so the original ones didn't have a bun? It was just a gigantic it was just uh, a hot giant dog? Wiener on wheels. Yeah. No, that's not fun. It needs to have the bun. <laughs> this fun. This guy, Brooke Stevens, he's also the guy who came up with the middle logo. And convinced Miller to go with the clear bottle. Also invented the Jeep Wagoneer. Wasn't a clear bottle a bad idea? It is now. They said that they're holding the light, but like that was like their thing. They were like separate them. Yeah, it'd go bad. But Miller Light doesn't have a clear bottle, or is it the regular Miller? No, Miller, Miller, the regular Miller. Okay. Miller Light was later, but he invented the Wagoneer. He did a whole bunch of stuff with Studebaker. This guy designed a lot. Did this guy also develop the L.O. Bean boot mobile? He did. He's the one who decided to add the shoelaces to the boot. (laughs) Is this true? No. It's not a real mobile. (laughs) He just made it up. There is an L.O. Bean boot mobile. No, there's not. There is. If you follow the Wienermobile on TikTok, they 
constantly meet up with other like vehicles, and one of them they meet up with is the LL Bean Bootmobile. There's two Wait, of them, <laughs> and you can like, follow, follow both the of them on TikTok. <laughs> you follow like them on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's all Mike follows. They give you a tour of like the the Bootmobile. Uh, and also the Wienermobile and whatever else is out there. And we complain about nowadays of campaign ads and stuff like that. In 1977, the Wienermobile was retired <laughs> from service because they were oh. going to focus on advertising on TV more. Uh-huh. In 1986, it was the 50th birthday of the Wienermobile, so they brought it back and crowds came to see it. The and year then, I was born. Yep. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> to celebrate Mike's to celebrate Mike's birthday brought out the window mobile. Yeah. Um but Oscar Meyer started getting cards and letters of people bring back the window mobile. Bring back the window mobile. So nineteen eighty eight, they made six twenty foot long hot uh hot dogs uh mobiles. They had microwave ovens uh, fridges, cell cell phones, and a stereo system that would play twenty one different versions of the Oscar Mayer Wiener song. Wow! Hold on, can I reverse? Do you think that the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile coming back during Mike's birth was like the first gender reveal? <laughs> <laughs> and they just drove around saying, "It's a boy." Giant <laughs> Wiener mobile. I think so. I did. We did travel around a lot when I was a kid, so maybe my dad was a Wienermobile driver, and this is, I just you never a knew. a hot dogger. A hot, a hot dogger. Dog. I'm going to ask my dad, were you a hot dogger? Were you a hot dogger? <laughs> well, a little fact about hot doggers, they're usually recent college grads. They uh, do one year of service from June 1st to June 1st the following year. They travel the country to hand out whistles. The Oscar Mayer Wiener whistles. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. (laughs) But, so they had the new surround sound system for the Oscar Mayer Wiener jingle. Now, how do we get that jingle? You know it, Mike? No. Don Draper. No. So, Richard Trent Lodge heard a contest on the radio that said, hey, they need a new jingle for Oscar Mayer. That was due the next day. And he was a jingle writer, so he decided he came up with it that night. He heard one of his sons says, I want to be a dirt bike hot dog. Which I guess meant like a cool kid at the time. Slang has gotten a lot better since then. I want to be a dirt bag. <laughs> dirt he, bag said, hot he, dog. Said, he said dirt bike hot dog or dirt <laughs> yeah. bag? Dirt you know, bike. I, I want to be a dirt bag hot dog. <laughs> Uh, so he recorded uh, his son and daughter singing the new jingle If I was a hostage my wiener Everybody would be in love with me Something like that I, don't know. I, yeah, I do know that, that song it. Yeah, it's a very uh, yeah. memorable so, tune yeah, It's considered the, It's the longest lasting company jingle Of all time Until ours The Pat's yeah. Fast Facts Is going to be the uh, number one the next day, he dropped it off at headquarters, and the next year, they picked his jingle to be the jingle. And then, it's a long time to wait. The Over the years, the Wienermobile has um, evolved. Different companies make it. They change with the times. The cars get better. But like I said before, the hot dog was to give out the Wiener whistle. The first Wiener whistle was in 1951. 
and they started giving it in uh, Oscar Mayer packages in 1958. At the 1964 World's Fair, you can go to a vending machine and purchase a Wiener Whistle for two cents. Oh, World's Fair, you say? Yeah. And in 1988 was when they updated the Wiener Whistle to look more like the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. Hmm. Oh, so it was, it was just a whistle? Yeah, it was like a we. It was like a looked like the original one. That was just the hot dog, eventually, and they made it look like the car. Oh, okay, I got you. So you could blow on a wiener. Yeah, you never, you've never seen them. No, I'm sure, we we've had one before. Yeah, the reading on the website and it's just like we were uh, famous from the 1996 Tim Allen movie, The Santa Claus. Well, he gets a uh, the one character gets a wiener whistle at the end because you always wanted one as a kid. This this is the first I've ever heard of the Wiener Whistle, so that's, that's pretty cool. Really? Oh, that was if like you, my favorite part of the whole Wiener Mobile. If no. you go to the Wiener Mobile, you can get one whistle per person. It will hand it out. And if you go to OscarMeyer.com, you can track where the Wiener Mobile is. In our area on the 24th of May, it's going to be in Batesville, Indiana. Are you okay. going? No, but it's the birthplace of our friend Jason. I, oh. I, I've never Happy been birthday. to the... A- actual wiener mobile itself uh I've, i have a picture next to the peanut mobile okay i know the peanut mobile I uh, saw but that's the... it that's only that's the only mobile i've seen in per- person <laughs> no other cars <laughs> <laughs> i've been uh, inside the batmobile yeah i saw i drove i was driving on the highway to one time and the, coming the other way was the wiener mobile and it was the most beautiful thing my eyes have ever seen and you rammed right in the car in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Will you ever call it the Frank Frank Mobile? It'll be a cold day in hell before I call that. That's what I say. Yeah. Tired of these woke companies changing their names from Wiener to Frank. <laughs> anyway, I really enjoyed that Frank Mobile fact. Yeah, what's the name of your fact, Alex? Fact Mobile. Is it Not- I, I'm I'm guessing it's it's frankly it's Wiener Mobile. Not my wiener, mobile. Nice. My my fact has the first name. It's O S C A R. Yeah, that I looked that up too. That came out in I think the eighties. All right, very cool. Well, thanks, Alex. Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, Damn it. Yes. <laughs> um. So my my wife always has a hard time falling asleep at night. Like she's. She... That was my fact. You stole my fact. <laughs> I knew it. And but but when we're in the car, like uh, the car, she always falls asleep in the car. Like something well, about riding the car, it's just a... really easy for some people to fall asleep. I'm sure kids. Alex, you have kids she... and babies, <laughs> and to be fair, people don't realize Mike sleeps with two symbols taped to his hands, and anytime he moves, he's just banging symbols. So. Well, my, our dog is has been kind of uh, King Tankers as of late. I think he's had a sour stomach or something, but he just moves around a lot during night nighttime. Keeps, keeps pee in the bed where I sleep. <laughs> you know, he, does, he doesn't pee in the bed. Um, that's happened one time, and that was because he drank so much water at the dog park that um, he didn't get it all out, and he kind of wet the bed once. Yeah, sure. Blame the dog. <laughs> Blame the dog. Um, but yeah. We we got to thinking like it's so easy for her to fall asleep in the car. Why don't they get a race car bed? (laughs) Yeah, sort of. Why don't they make a bed that can mimic 
the effects of like riding in a car, like kind of like vibrate softly and like move around. And they have their vibrating beds. <laughs> Mike went to a motel, <laughs> put a quarter in. Well, that's 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 exactly you, you guys are jumping ahead, but yeah, that's it. Um, so today I, I'm going to talk about a piece of Americana that has been lost to time, Father Time. So you guys have seen National Lampoon's Vacation, right? In that movie, they get onto one of these beds and uh, it malfunctions and throws like the Clark and Ellen off the bed onto the floor. And um, in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, this is th- these are all older movies. So I, I don't know if we have younger audience out <laughs> it there. It's probably real popular when when you start giving us the dates. I bet it's right around when these movies came out. Exactly. Um, in that movie, uh, the bed vibrates so much it it blows up their case of beer, <laughs> and it causes it to explode. Um, I know the Simpsons when they're staying in a hotel and Bart and Lisa wasting the beds. Yeah, they're vibrating across the room. <laughs> but yeah, but if you go around, you're not going to find these today. There's, to my knowledge, there's not many of them left. Um, Come to my house. I just but, stayed at the Holiday Inn downtown, and they had a whole bunch. <laughs> I think you're in the wrong place. Um, but how did these? The question is like, how did these become so popular in pop culture? And like, where did they go? They just kind of just disappeared. Um, I'm going to talk real quick about the inventor John Huff Tailing. Uh, this is before the bed, so or BD. So BD no. stands for before <laughs> before the bed. BED. <laughs> no, BD. <laughs> so he first uh, flew 20 missions during World War II and B-17 Flying Fortress. So he was in World War II, and then he was a cookware salesman. And then he moved on up the ranks and became a salesman of remote-controlled lawnmowers. Ooh. I kind of I kind of want to do my fact about, like, what the hell is a remote-controlled lawnmower? I know it makes... Uh, you can kind of picture this in your head, but like I don't know if any of these exist anymore. Roomba. Does anybody have those? I saw one the other day in our neighborhood. It looked awesome. Did you really? Yeah. I've been waiting for the price to come down and for the quality to go up on the uh, Roomba. Can they go down hills and go back up hills? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure they can. Better than you. <laughs> they can only go up. They can't oh, go I f- down. I fell the other day mowing the lawn. Yeah, was this the day that you mowed it twice? <laughs> Yes, it was, because I did it right when I got home from the airport. It was like a foot and a half high, and I was pushing it down. It's a three-foot hill, and I just slipped because it was slick, and I just like landed right on my back. I was so mad. Yeah. I, I, weren't you worried that the mower would like run you over? Well, I was behind the mower. Yeah, it could roll back on top of you. It, it happens quite often. Does it? Yeah. I don't have a fancy mower. This is a little tiny mower. You probably like uh, cut off the security line on it, too, so it's easier to use. Um yeah. All right. Well, yes. let's jump back into my fact. <laughs> Enough lawn mowing talk. It, we're, we're going back into the actual fact itself. So, my guy, he worked as a salesman for a vibrating bed product. And this product was everything in one piece. So, the motor and the bed and all, it was all one piece. And it broke down constantly. He, he would have to go out and fix it and repair them. And it was just a pain in the ass. And, uh, he started rocking his head. He's like, what if I just take the motor out and get a light enough motor where you could just retrofit it onto people's existing like 
box spring, so you don't have to have a whole special bed that's designed around this. Makes sense. It'd be cheaper. And so that's what he did. He tested out hundreds of different electric motors in his basement until he found one that was light enough and good enough to, like, do the trick. Nice. And uh, in 1958, he landed on his final design, and he dubbed it Magic Fingers. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it sounds nice and and uh, relaxing, right? Play Magic Fingers. <laughs> so it he slapped a uh, coin re- slot coin reader on it so you could pop a quarter in. That's what you see in a lot of the movies and TV shows that yeah. revolve around like 70s, 80s, uh, that sort of thing. So in 1958, yeah. he, he came out with this, and it really got popular in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, but a quarter would get you 15 minutes of tingling, relaxation, and, and a long ease. Time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. Asleep. Yeah, I think it was supposed to help you fall asleep, but my wife says it sounds kind of like it's a little central. But I'm like, I don't know how. I, I couldn't figure out like how that could be. It's but. called a thousand fingers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a something about. I think uh, you know, a certain gender reacts differently to vibrating yeah, things. I don't know. About you're you. right. Um, but it was I, a. Yeah, go ahead, Alex. I, I I never used one, so I don't know. Like, like it was just like a man. Like, I don't know. Like, they were pretty popular. It's it supposedly worked really well. Um, it and it was a bona fide hit product. Like he and your wife will thank you too. <laughs> that that's the, the slogan. No, it wasn't. Um, it was a common sight at hotels through the 1960s up and through the 80s, and they had like a franchise model. So. At the height of it, they had 175 dealers throughout the country, and there was 250,000 of these um, slot vibrating beds installed, magic fingers installed in hotels through the 60s. And uh, by the end of the 70s, there was over a million. Damn. Why? Yeah. And uh, guess how much these things would make? Like uh, one of these magic fingers per year would get six to seven thousand dollars in quarters. You need to give us a chance to make. I, I didn't. I, I was looking at your guys' faces. I could tell you guys weren't gonna guess properly. Ah, okay. <laughs> I can tell you're gonna be wrong. So don't try. All right. So if you use a quarter every fifteen minutes of a day, that's ninety-six quarters. Okay. That's twenty-four dollars. No, every fifteen minutes of every day. It's only a quarter. Yeah. 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. Times 60 minutes divided by 15. 96. 96 no, divided you... by 4 because it's a quarter. It's $24. Times 365 is $8,760. Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah. It. Uh. Yeah. 6000 to $7,000 per year. So that's, it kind of works out a little bit. Yeah. Math, baby. Um. So there was some problems, though. Uh, it's not all smooth sailing because obviously these don't exist anymore. Um, people stopped wanting to have them because their customers started trying to break them open and <laughs> steal quarters. Steal the money. Yeah, steal quarters. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So they had lots of like uh, repair costs and like you know coming in having having to call the Magic Fingers man. Hey, Mister Magic Fingers, could you come in and repair my machine? Because it was like a shared profit thing. So like. 
Magic Fingers. That was my nickname in college. I was hoping you guys wouldn't give me another nickname like Magic Fingers. I don't want it. I don't it want it. It seems like you okay. do want it. Yeah, it sounds like you want to be called Magic Fingers. So I was bad. hoping. Oh, please don't call me Magic Fingers. <laughs> and uh, the other issue is they became associated with like CD hotels and motels because these these got like came up when people were traveling around the country a lot and staying in. Um, it was the, it was the golden age of tra- like highway travel, like when the highways were like starting to become huge and people were traveling all all over the country in their cars and staying at motels, hotels, holiday inns. So let me let me round this out with the finale. So as they started taking these out of the hotels and the end was in sight, uh, there were some holdouts. Russ and Rusty Gill were the magic finger kingpins of Spokane, Washington region. So they were yeah, the last yeah. holdouts. Um, it sounds like just seedy in general. <laughs> Rusty Gill. Come see my magic fingers. <laughs> uh, in their heyday, they ran 2,000 units in 80 motels. And as more hotels pulled them out of service, uh, Russ decided like it wasn't worth his time to drive around in his car repairing them and collecting the quarters and that sort of thing. So he decided, let's yank all these magic fingers out of the hotels. And they put them in a warehouse and sold them on eBay, that sort of thing. Um, but there was one final holdout. Uh, the White House. <laughs> yeah, it's the White House. The retro-themed Flamingo Hotel in Idaho said they wanted to keep it because they wanted to keep that retro theme. So they had 13 beds, and they have 13 magic fingers. Yeah. Wait, is that true? Can we go? Yeah, I actually found their website. The website looks like it could have been made in the 50s if the internet existed then. And they did on their homepage, they had a big blurb about how they had magic fingers still. And uh, This is the beginning of a horror movie where we're like, yeah, let's go for the podcast. And, and, we go and the place. rooms still look like they were uh, from the 50s too. It does not look like a great stay. Um, but it's near a nice lake. The lake Ooh. looks nice. That's a big draw. That's good. But I wouldn't stay in one of these rooms. Um, but if you guys must, you want to try the Magic Fingers, go to Flamingo Hotel in Idaho. And my fact is called Magic Fingers. Magic Finger. Very good. <clears throat> you can cut out my yawn. It's not for you. It's just in general. That means next up is Magic Fingers Pet. Yes, that's right. And <laughs> you know, Mike's bad. been talking a big Mike. cheese game. Mike looks so mad that he's not called Magic Fingers Mike. Yeah, he was really... Did you do that whole fact just so we might call you Magic Fingers, Mike? It didn't cross my mind for one second. I was hoping when I did my fact that you guys would start calling me Wienermobile. Nope. We're going to call you Frankmobile. (laughs) You son of a... All right, so my fact is about food. (gasps) Mike has been raving about all this cheese facts. And my fact is also dairy related. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say food. Like, food is such a wide topic. Like, I'm glad you narrowed it down to like, at least dairy. I am going to narrow it down. Now, Alex, earlier you mentioned a World's Fair in your fact. Yep, 1964. Well, if we rewind the clock to 1904 at the Louisiana Purchase Exposition, better known as the World's Fair in St. Louis. Ooh, ooh, can I guess? Can I guess your fact? What is it? Yeah. Is it the history of the ice cream cone? 
It is a history of the ice cream cone. Did somebody already do this fact? No. no I, that's, I have friends from St. Louis, and they always said the ice cream cone was invented in St. Louis. Did you say, who gives a flying? <laughs> All right, go ahead. I found some fun side facts. So there's some fun side facts for this. Oh, you can't so keep an is... ice cream cone in your back pocket. What? Why would you keep an ice cream cone in your back pocket? <laughs> that's always, a, like, whenever somebody has, like, laughable laws or whatever, that's always the first thing to come up is you can't have it. Uh, it's illegal to have an ice cream cone in your back pocket. I finally found out why, though. It's because people used to lure horses away with putting an ice cream cone in the back pocket so it wasn't actually stealing if the horse followed them. That's amazing, and I love it. Yeah, yeah so go back, back to your wins. fact, Pat. No, I'm, my fact is done. Everybody, you cannot put an ice cream cone in your back pocket. There you have it. So, legend has it that the following foods were created or popularized at the event. Foods such as the hot dog. Damn. No, the wiener. Peanut, peanut butter. I don't know why I had a hard time saying peanut butter. <laughs> peanut. Peanut butter. <laughs> Iced tea. Ooh, the... The club sandwich. This is the best year for food. And cotton candy. Uh, what is this? It's like, like a little the... dive there, a little nose dive there. Is... I love cotton candy. What are you talking about? Is this about? like the '96 NBA draft of food? <laughs> well, unfortunately, none of these items were actually introduced at the event. <gasps> what? Yeah, it's just like a weird like um. It's just like the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis was like this big like food event. Like it was this huge event and then like every everyone like all the legends come out of it. But really only one thing was created there and that is the ice cream Do you guys cone. Know? Uh yeah, damn it. I forgot you already guessed it. <laughs> the ice cream cone. All right. Is this the waffle so cone or the co- cake cone? So this is the waffle cone. Oh. Now, ice cream cones predate the 1904 World's Fair, but they weren't all edible. Like, when you say ice cream cone, it's literally just a cone that you would eat ice cream out of. Yeah, like ma- like those water cups. Like, you know those horrible water yes. cups that are shaped like a paper cone? Those are the worst cups ever invented by mankind. Yeah, even for water, they stink. Like, you're halfway through your water, and it's already dissolving, <laughs> dissolving in your hand. Yeah. They're only fun to, like, ball up and then throw. Yeah. Well... The first picture, or the picture that's considered the first ever picture of someone eating out of an ice cream cone was from 1807. It's an etching of a woman eating what looks like ice cream out of a spiral-shaped utensil. So it wasn't edible yet, but that's how old ice cream cones go back, 1807. And this is my favorite part of the fact. Have you ever heard of a penny lick? Anyway, pay a penny, get a lick of ice cream? Essentially. So in 19th century London, vendors would sell ice cream in a cone-shaped glass called Penny Licks. And what they would do is you'd go, you'd buy the ice cream from the glass. You'd lick it out of the glass because you didn't have spoons. And then you would give it back to the guy. Yeah, because this is before germs were invented. Yes, this is the 1800s. He would just fill it up with ice cream and then give it to the next person. They didn't clean anything. They just all shared the same cups and licked it out. This reminds me of when I was in Turkey, and and they had guys selling orange juice containers, uh, fresh-squeezed orange juice, but it was just like homemade bottles um, that they didn't probably wash. 
Uh, it was how do you make a homemade bottle? Like they obviously pre like used bottles. Like they it was like uh, a water bottle, and they like <laughs> it, it was drank out of probably or something, and they just filled it up with orange juice. Nice. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah, it kind of stunk. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there was like um, the because it was a cone shape. A lot of people couldn't lick out the bottom, so like all the saliva and ice cream was left at the bottom. Oh no. Yeah. Uh. In 1879, a British medical report blamed a cholera outbreak on the reusable glassware, <laughs> and then finally, a fear of tuberculosis led to London banning penny licks in 1899. Wow! Took took well, that long. <laughs> What were they going to do without? Well, they also, in the 1870s, had a hokey pokey. Ooh. Yeah, the hokey pokey was a rectangular mold of ice cream just wrapped in paper. Sound familiar? The ice cream sandwich? Yeah, it's like, essentially, I'm, what, I'm, what I got was that it was an ice cream sandwich without the bread or, like, the sandwich. So part. just, like, just a, a block of ice cream. A block of ice cream. Yeah. That doesn't sound bad. I wonder how they kept these before the freezer was. I guess they just had it sitting on a block of ice or something like that. I forget. There was like a recipe for it, and there was like one of the ingredients kept it cold or something. Oh, okay. Ice. Um, I think. I think it was ice. <laughs> one of the ingredients. This strange, mysterious, yeah, otherworldly. <laughs> the hokey pokey would lead to the creation of a variation of the ice cream sandwich in the 1890s when a half inch slab of ice cream was placed between two squares of pieces of a sweetened wafer. Ooh. Yeah. A cookbook in 1887, uh, Agnes B. Marshall wrote a recipe for cornets with cream. Oh. Yeah. This could be seen as like one of the big inspirations for it, uh, for the evolution of the ice cream cone. Do, do you guys prefer like your ice cream sandwiches like with like the chocolate chip cookies or like the the chocolate um, sandwich? Oh, I love. I can't eat them anymore. The chocolate chip witch M and M's. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's like rock hard ice cream. Like when you yeah. get it, oh, I like I the that. traditional black and white. Yeah, I like those too. Just some of the cheaper ones. Just uh, you could tell yeah. they're, they're so what very you do with the che- cheap. What you, the che- what you do with the cheaper ones is you take two of them, mm-hmm. and then you roast up some marshmallows over a fire, and you put use that kind of as like a s'more, and then eat them together like that. No one's ever done that, but now I have to do it. <laughs> I have done it, and so, it was delicious. This is when you were like a wrestler, and you're trying to put on some weight before the big event. No, yeah, uh, ice cream sandwich sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. We were at uh, Lake Cumberland. What do you Scooby Doo? You just like, <laughs> grab a bunch of food laying on top of each other. And I, th- I think I came up with the idea, or my friend came up with the idea. And Either way, we were high as could be. <laughs> and he's like, "But he's like, I'll make you one if you want." And I was like, "Yes." Oh, so you didn't make it? No, I ate it though. No, okay. But it was delicious. Was our friend Mike? Is Mike hiding behind this bag? No, it's our friend mine. Mike saw him. Oh, good. Yeah, they. All right, now back to my fact. All right, where was I? Something, something cones. Okay, we're at 1887. Now, in 1901, Antonian Valvoni filed a patent for baking, for baking biscuit cups for ice cream. So. Just the technology is there. Like, people are making, like, they're filling ice cream, like, waffles with ice cream. I thought bring back the biscuit cups. Well, you're talking about a waffle no, like, You can still bowl. get the places. Yeah. A yeah, waffle bowl. No, I want the biscuit cup. 
Okay. Bring it back. <laughs> you heard them, ice cream companies. Mike's living in the past one in a biscuit bowl. Alex is living in the future eating ice cream s'mores. <laughs> Um, and here I just want to talk about my goddamn ice cream cone fact. All right, so now we're finally in the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis. Do you know how many people went there every day to the World's Fair? At least 150. Three, three, three. <laughs> 35,000 people would attend the fair daily. And if you were a vendor there, that meant a lot of money coming your way. And it was pretty hard to become a vendor. So apparently, like, just one example is that about 500 different vendors applied to sell popcorn and peanuts, and they only had – they selected one. So it was a very cutthroat business. I, I like that idea. The best – choose the best one. Keep them. Yeah. They did that. Like, only one soft drink company was there. Um, oh, wait. Let me see. Move it to the left. To the right. That's the fattest picture ever. <laughs> He's eating two ice cream sandwiches with marshmallows in between. All right, tell the people at home. I just told him. He's eating two ice cream sandwiches <laughs> but, with marshmallows But in they didn't know that Alex showed you a picture on his phone. Alex just showed me a picture of himself eating okay. that, and it's, it looks so bad. That's like when you get in trouble with the law, and they're like, we're looking for this man, and it's a picture of you eating that. All right, so the whole purpose of the 500 vendors applying is that they were very selective, and they knew what the, who the vendors were. So the idea of the ice cream cone happening by happenstance seems far-fetched. But no one really knows the true story of what vendor sold the ice cream cone. It was there. People have pictures holding the ice cream cone, and from that day forward— Ice cream cones swept the country. Yeah, wasn't wasn't there like a theory that like a guy was making waffles and so there was the classic story. But this is so the one person that like really like they were just saying like the reason this isn't true is because of how strict it was. But Ernest A. Hamwy, he was a Syrian immigrant. He was selling zalabia at the fair, and zalabia is a deep fried sweet treat from South and Western Asia. And as I'm sure you've heard, according to legend. He was right next to the ice cream vendor at the fair. And due to the success, he was running out of ice cream cups. Hamwise saw this as an opportunity. He rolled one of his zalabias up into a cone and served ice cream inside. Now, no one says he invented the ice cream cone, but it certainly is the legend of the story that led to the ice cream I can see him sitting there like, nobody knows what the hell this product is. And the only way he could sell it is like, please, sir, could you put some ice cream in this? And that's how he sold out. The picture I saw, like, it looked like a store-bought ice cream cone. Like, it didn't, like, it looked perfect. That's how the, uh... It's just crazy that no one has the specific answer. First, Apple computer was sold. So I I can't have anybody buy... World Fair? I can't have anybody buy this product. Can you put ice cream in it? Yeah, they put a bunch of ice cream inside the Apple computer. It does make um, anything better, really. Like, buy a new car, they, they, they scoop some ice cream into the cup holders free. Yeah, you should um, tell people to, like, when they listen to this uh, fact off, they should just be eating a bowl of ice cream while they listen to it. And that's it. That's the end of my fact. That's uh, the ice cream cone was invented or became popular in the 1904 World's Fair, as Alex said at the top of my fact. What's the... Uh- and- Name your fact. Um, the world's in a cone. Stone cold fact. No, uh, ice cream fact. Ice cream cone fact. 
Yeah, because what if there's other ice cream facts down the road? Yeah. I don't find the cone fact. What about you got the you got the whole world in the cone? No one said I had the whole world at any point. It's, it's but at it's the, the world's, world's fair. fair yeah. And it's a cone. God. It's just like you. Well, it's technically not the world's fair. It was the Louisiana Purchase Exposition. Did you guys even listen to okay. the All right. The Louisiana Purchase Expedition Cone Exposition. Kebab. Yeah. Yes. Well, there you have That's it, folks. Fact. You have two facts with great names. You have Magic Fingers by Mike and Not My Wiener Mobile by me, Alex. And then you have one crappily named fact. The Ice Cream Cone Fact by Pat. <laughs> so you. go to factoffpodcast.com and vote for which one you think is the best. Or there's a link in the show notes that says vote. Just click that button right there and it'll take you right to the voting page. Uh, check us out on all the show- socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Mike will be posting a picture of me eating that ice cream s'more sandwich. That's definitely going on Instagram. Uh, if you want to find for Mike, the fans, just, uh, for the fans, go to TikTok, look up uh, cars shaped like other objects, and read the comments because you know Mike is in there somewhere. <laughs> no, oh, no, I've and, I've only I don't actually follow those cars. I just have seen their videos and did a deep dive out of curiosity. Follow Mike yeah, on your algorithm is all no, that. Follow not. Mike on Twitter. He thought <laughs> I promised. If you follow Mike on Twitter, he's always getting trolled by the best coolest guy in the world. Um. My, my only response. The only reason I still have Twitter is to respond to Mike's comments. With like, stuff that doesn't even well, make sense. <laughs> I know. Like much of this podcast. Um, rate and review us on Apple and Spotify. And most importantly, have a great day.